It's December, and a traditional treat is cookies. And cookies are what we're going to be talking about this evening. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello, and welcome back to all of our visitors and listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're so happy to have you back with us for some more incredible stories. If you happen to be uh, walking through the door and said, hey, I heard some incredible stories from outside and I thought I'd come in and check them out, well, go ahead and find a seat. Make yourself comfortable because uh, you're in the right spot for some good stories. If you like what you hear, well, mosey on by every Friday. And sit down and enjoy another incredible story. And to make it easy on you, all you have to do is just hit that subscribe. So then you'll be notified the moment we are ready to go with a new story. That way you're never late and you'll never miss one. So make it easy on yourself. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Or if you want to, hit like. That being said, let's go on into our uh, new story. Oh, my uh, taste buds are watering, Gary, because at the end of this, I'd like you to do a taste test and tell our listeners exactly what this cookie tastes like. Mm. Mm. Great way to start off the holiday season, right? Eating a delicious cookie. And cookies are an important part of our holiday celebration. So, well, yeah, I mean, you know, the... Powdered sugar cookies, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it, um, Oreos. Oh, yeah, the the red ones, the ones with the red frosting for the Christmas, or oh, the sprinkle cookies, or um, oh. the little the little um, shortbread cookies that are oh, different colors oh, with stop, the stop. dried cherries all over them. Oh, stop! <laughs> or uh, the ones that oh, no. uh, my wife gets the Italian cookies because oh, her family oh, sends oh, those oh. down from New York. I am so so hungry. Well, we're going to be talking about a cookie, um, and the filling for this cookie was um, created by a man by the name of Charles M. Roser. Now, of course, nobody's ever heard of Charles M. Roser, but we're going to make him immortal in the podcast by linking him to this famous cookie. He was a cookie maker. He was born in Ohio. He first worked for a bakery in Philadelphia. But he sold his recipe to a place called the Kennedy Biscuit Company up in Massachusetts. Now, we're talking about Fig Newtons. Fig Newtons. Now, he, like I say, was responsible for the recipe for the fig filling. And the Kennedy Biscuit Company was responsible for everything else. Now... The cookie part? Mm-hmm, yep, and, and, and the name. And the, uh, people thought, oh, my, Fig Newtons, that's named after that physicist, Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah, but he's more attached to apples than he is figs. That's right, and so consequently, wrong. Eh. The, the Fig Newton has nothing to do with Isaac Newton. <clears throat> it, uh, it seems that the um, Kennedy Biscuit Company they named their cookies after local towns. So they had cookies named Beacon Hill. They had cookies named Harvard. You ever had a Harvard cookie? I've never had a Harvard cookie. They had uh, Shrewsbury. And Shrewsbury? Then, mm-hmm. 
And then the Newton was created, the Fig Newton. Newton was the name of the cookie, and the fig was the filling. So uh, Roser probably based his recipe on fig rolls, <clears throat> mm. which uh, up until then uh, was a locally and homemade cookie brought to the United States by British immigrants. Oh. Um, the cookie, Gary, is actually made of a crumbly pastry <clears throat> with a jammy scoop of fig in the middle. Is this the fig rolls? Yeah. Now, Nabisco's recipes are obviously a secret, but <clears throat> modern copies suggest that you start with dried mission figs, uh-huh. You add some applesauce and then some orange juice and a little orange zest as you process the fruit. That sounds about right. Yeah, so that's how you make a, a Fig Newton, right? The filling, at least. The filling, yeah. Because the outside definitely doesn't have any orange in it. So let's talk about the rest of the cookie. The manufacture of Fig Newtons was made possible by the creation of a Florida inventor, and his name was James Henry Mitchell, and he revolutionized the uh, packaged uh, cookie business by building some kind of apparatus that could make a hollow cookie crust and fill it with the fruit preserves. Oh, how about that? Can you imagine? I mean, uh, here's a guy <laughs> sitting in his living room or wherever and saying, hmm, I wonder if I could in invent a machine that would create a hollow in the cookie crust so I could put filling in it. How many people do that? Well, I'm sure there's a need for that because, I mean, you know, it's like jelly-filled donuts. Somebody had to think of that idea like, yeah. what? how am I going to get the jelly in the donut? Because if I bake it, it's going to get all crusty. You know, we want to have delicious filling that's not, you know, baked. So his machine, Gary, worked like a funnel within a funnel. The inside funnel supplied the jam and the outside funnel pumped out the dough. And this produced an endless length of filled cookie, which could then be cut into the uh, smaller pieces. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he also developed a dough sheeting machine, another that made sugar wafers, and others that helped speed cake production. And all of these went into the uh, production by the precursors of Nabisco. At the end of the 19th century, which is the end of the 1800s, <clears throat> uh, bakeries began to merge in order to mass produce cookies because uh -huh. uh, the middle class uh, market was just exploding. Oh yeah. So in 1889, William Moore of New York bought out eight bakeries and he started the New York Biscuit Company which the included Biscuit. Kennedy Biscuit, wow. the original folks who did the Fig Newton. Oh wow. And in 1890, the Chicago-based Adolphus Green began the American Biscuit Company and he merged 40 Midwestern bakeries. Mm -hmm. So it was a match made in heaven. Moore and Green merged in 1898. So these two, <laughs> two cookie companies merged together two years before the oh, wow. turn of the century. And they called <clears throat> their new company the National Biscuit Company or Nabisco. NBC. And among the purchases were the machines of Mitchell and Roser's cookie recipe. Um, Mitchell's machine for sugar wafers was... Um, was also purchased, and yeah, Nabisco started mass-producing sugar wafers in 1901. Isn't that like the Nella wafers? Mm -hmm. And guess what? I both, like Nella wafers. Both uh, Mitchell and Roser, they became quite wealthy in the process. I bet they did. Mm -hmm. So we prematurely uh, referred to NBC or the National Biscuit Company as Nabisco. Um, <clears throat> let's go back a moment to 1898. 
NBC had 114 bakeries, Gary. 114 bakeries. And they were worth $55 million, and they built an enormous bakery in downtown New York, uh, what is today the Chelsea Market, and they continued to expand it. Now, that chief architect of the project, he was Adolphus Green, and he insisted on standard recipes for NBC's products, and they continued to make two wildly successful products that the little bakery companies had made, Fig Newtons. They added the uh, fig to the name when the cookie received good reviews. And the other thing that they did, that you're familiar with, premium saltines. Oh, yeah, I like saltines. Mm -hmm. Saltine crackers are delicious. Uh, and uh, so anyways, in 1903, NBC introduced Barnum, Barnum's Animal Crackers. Oh, I like those too. Mm -hmm. And we still can get Barnum, Barnum's Animal Crackers today. And it's in, they're still in that famous decorative box, remember? Oh, yeah, it the little uh, cages. Circus cage filled with animals, remember that? Yep. Oh, we still have those today. And uh, it has a little string on it you can so carry it with. Nick, you know, so this year, 2023, um, those uh, Barnum Animal Crackers are 100 years old. Uh huh. And then in 1912, they introduced Lorna Doon shortbread cookies. <gasps> I love Lorna Doons. And then, I could eat so many Lorna Doons. Yes. And then the one that we talked about in a previous podcast, the Unstoppable Oreos. Now, listen to this, Gary. Nabisco uh, began replacing the fig jam with raspberries and strawberries and blueberries and, and apple cinnamon flavor by the 1980s. But in 2012, they once again dropped the fig from the name because um, they wanted to change the core of the brand to fruit. It's going to be hard for us to advance the Newton's brand with the baggage of the fig, they said, so... I don't know. I, I disagree, I think, with that. Uh, I think this is a classic cookie. It should have retained the name Fig Newton. Let the others be the Newton. Well, here's the thing that nobody can get rid of. Everybody calls them Fig Newtons. Nobody calls yeah. them Newtons. Yeah. And even when you see them on the shelf, somebody's going to say, hey, look, there's Fig Newtons. Yeah. And you, you double-check, though, to make sure that the filling is the fig filling because, like I say, they have these other fillings now. Yeah, strawberry and all the other yeah. ones. Which I don't think I've ever had those. I've only eaten the Fig Newtons. Now, the one that you picked up is a healthy brand of Fig Newton, where it's the um, multi-grain uh, cookie with uh, the fig filling. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Gary. I'm going to eat one of <coughs> Gary them now. has a Fig Newton in his mouth. Uh, he's now chewing on it, and he's going to describe the taste sensation that results from eating a Fig Newton. It tastes like a fig. <laughs> it tastes and It's a little bland mm -hmm. and sweet, mm -hmm. but not overly sweet. Now, typically, when I've had Fig Newtons, the cookie is very smooth. And um, this one is a little uh, bumpy and, and has more of a texture of like, um, eh, not really an oatmeal cookie, but kind of an oatmeal cookie. That's because that's the healthy yeah. version healthy version of it the one thing that i always remember and even eating this um it sticks out to me is inside of the um the jelly the fig jelly are the little tiny brown seeds that when you bite into them they 
pop and crunch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets stuck in your teeth. <laughs> and then later you find it and it pops out. So uh, how did these cookies uh, survive 100 years and be be so popular? I don't know. You know, I think it is grandmas. Hmm? Grandmas. Yeah. Older women, elderly women. Hmm. They buy them all the time. They have them with hmm. tea mm-hmm. or coffee. Because I know the only time I ever ate Fig Newtons is whenever I went over to uh, my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Grandma and Grandpa Lewis or Grandma and Grandpa Lester. They were always in, they would always be in the cabinet. And they would always be available as a snack. And they're a pretty healthy cookie. They are. Especially the version you just ate. Mm-hmm. Now, is Fig Newtons my go-to cookie? No. No. But do will I eat it? Yes. Do I enjoy eating them? Sure. I think they're uh, an enjoyable cookie to eat. Um, but again, I, I it's one of those things that you have with, like I said, tea or coffee. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those kind of cookies. Yeah. So uh, there are probably a lot of uh, you folks that might have a, a get-together where there's going to be tea or coffee. And, and so we're recommending trying Fig Newtons yeah. out as a little snack that goes along with the beverage. Mm-hmm. Next time you get together with your Book of a Month Club, yeah, but have some Fig Newtons. And, and or, you know, uh, an upcoming holiday celebration. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is there another cookie you'd like to recommend before we uh, say goodnight to our audience? Lorna Dunes. Lorna Dunes. Lorna Dunes. They're a great shortbread cookie and very buttery. You can you can taste the butter in the in the in the cookie, but they're just delicious. And I love I'll eat an entire thing of Lorna Dunes by myself Ooh. with a glass of milk, a tall glass of cold milk, and I like to dip the Lorna Dunes in there. Or <laughs> I'll just eat them and crunch them. You know, I like the crunchiness of them. But sometimes dipping it's not. You know, that's just as good too. But I love Lorna Dunes. Lorna Dunes are fantastic. You have it, folks, from the cookie gourmet, Mister Gary. Uh, but I also I also like. Just a good, chewy chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Those are good. All right. Well, we've given you folks uh, some ideas for the uh, holidays and some snacks that I think will bring a little uh, satisfaction and joy to your your occasions, whatever they Mm -hmm. may be. So on that note, I'm going to say have a wonderful rest of the month. And I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And we just talked about cookies. Big Newtons. (laughs) 